Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. For anybody that has a business, really understanding what your brand strategy is and understanding not just how you want to show up, how you want to talk to your audience, how you want to look, but it's also about how do I want my customers to feel. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. I'm super excited that you're here with me today for this conversation. No matter what stage you find yourself in terms of starting, growing, or scaling your business, Branding is an opportunity that should be on your mind at all times. Yes, let me say it again. Branding is an opportunity. It is a topic. It is an issue that you should have on your mind at all times. I want to read a quote to you to get us started by marketing genius Seth Godin. If you haven't read any of his 20 million books, you should definitely pick one up. My favorite is Purple Cow. Uh, But he writes this. He says, a brand is a set of expectations memories, stories, and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. So branding is so much more than your logo and your colors and your website. And that's why I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Suze Chadwick. She's a bold business branding and speaker coach. She has over 10 years experience as a brand consultant working with global brands as well as solopreneurs. She knows what it takes to create a brand that connects and stands out and is bold. She's also recognized as a top 10 branding coach by Yahoo Finance and a contributor to entrepreneur.com. So pull out a piece of paper and a pen or the notes section on your phone, whatever it takes, because you are going to want to take some notes when you hear the wisdom of Suze Chadwick. All right, let's jump into our conversation. Well, Suze, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. We're talking all about branding today, specifically bold branding. And for those who are watching or well, they're not watching, they're listening on the podcast. They can't see the boldness of your office 
and a beautiful bold dress that you're wearing. I assume it's a dress. Maybe it's a blouse, uh, but it's beautiful. Um, how would you define branding? Let's just start with that. How is and maybe help us differentiate between you know maybe for people that are new into business, branding, marketing, sales. Um, you know how, how do all these things work together? Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about it, for me, I think the business is really the nuts and bolts of how you earn your money, how you take your products to market, et cetera. Brand is really the emotional connection that you create with your audience. And I think a lot of times people think of branding as just your colors and your logos and things like that. And it's so much more. It's really that uh, it's the thing that people can't describe. It's the thing where you're like, I really want that. And it's not just that product or service, it's that brand. And so I think a lot of us really look at it and say, if I was to buy this dress that I happen to be wearing, that's very colorful, that's an extension of my identity. And so that's what branding is. It's really people saying, by me buying this, it makes me feel a certain way. It says something about me, who I am, what I want, those sorts of things. So that's what brand is. Marketing is when you make the offer. So you've come, you've found me, you're like, oh my gosh, she's for me or he's for me. And then I say, great, here's the thing that I have. Would you like to buy it? And that's me marketing it to you. And the sale is you saying, yes, here's my money. I will take that. So so there's different elements of each of those things. And so I think it's really important you know, whether you're just starting a business or whether you've been in business for a while to look at each of those elements, you know, every year or on a regular basis, because the market changes a lot. And I think your audience can evolve and change too. So that's how I would define those, those different things. That's great. Take us through maybe one or two global brands or brands that our US audience might be familiar with that you might be able to communicate how their brand, how we maybe feel their brand and we don't even realize that we're feeling that. Yeah, I mean, I am always fascinated when I see, you know, when Apple brings out something and you've got people camping like around the block for three days. I'm like, it's a phone. Right. Or it's just like it's it's not life-saving equipment. It's not, you know, anything that we need in our lives. Uh, and most of the time people who camp around the block have probably got the latest device anyway. But what Apple have done is that they have created a community. And I think that's the other thing about brands is that we don't just buy products, but we buy communities, transformations and extensions of our identity you know and so it's really about that they're like I want that and I feel like that is going to enhance my life and so Apple is um, is definitely one I think Target in America is one that when I listen to a lot of people uh, who are online there seems to be this fascination and obsession with Target we don't have that here in Australia (laughs) we don't don't have that same passion for Target here in Australia but But you have Target there we do have Target, but I don't know. I feel like it has a different life in America. I feel like, you know, I kind of see some big, big personal brands who seem to rave about Target all the time. And I'm like, maybe your Target's a lot better than ours, but <laughs> I'm not that excited about Target personally, but maybe yours is, is just better. So it's things like that where you've got like maybe Target or Apple 
you know, what what do you really love, David? Like what's a brand that you really, I don't know, are drawn yes. to or one that you, you buy a lot? Yeah. Well, I mean, I am an Apple, you know, connoisseur. I definitely, I don't necessarily have to have the latest or greatest, but yeah. I'm looking at you through, uh, you know, an Apple desktop. I've got an Apple, you know, MacBook Pro here. I've got a phone next to me. I've got the AirPod Pros, you know, I've got it. So, I can't imagine having a PC anymore. It's been many years and I just, that would be embarrassing. Um, See, I'm sorry, I'm just going to stop you there. See, so when you said that would be embarrassing, that's part of your identity now. Like, right. I'm an Apple person. And for those who are listening, I'm doing like in air quotes. Uh, I'm an Apple person. So everything I have is Apple. If I had a PC, that would be embarrassing. I see it's really interesting that maybe one day you were a PC person, but now you've you've evolved. I saw you've the changed. Light. You've changed, David. Yes. <laughs> I was and baptized now, into the beauty <laughs> of the Apple products. Yes. Yeah. And one thing is definite is that once somebody turns to Apple, it's like everything that they have is Apple. And I have spoken to many people where they're like, yeah, I'd like everything. Like you said, I've got the pods and the desktop and the iPad and the phone. And yeah, it's definitely a total commitment when somebody goes Apple. It is. It is. Yeah. My dad will just, you know, sneer at it like, Psh. That is, I don't even know why you have that, you know, and obviously he's got all the Microsoft and latest and greatest LG or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know the right, I don't even know the language of that, those people, those people <laughs> speak a different language than me, you know, yeah. uh, if you're listening and you speak that language, my apologies, this is an inclusive show. You are welcome to be here, you know, even though you're a little less than it's okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, kidding. Of course. Um, yeah, so I would say Apple and there are some, um, there's a particular clothing brand that, uh, it's called, um, Obey here in the United States. It was started by a guy named Shepard Ferry, who's kind of a street artist. I have a lot of their clothing. So, you know, that's not a brand that you would necessarily recognize, but you know, yeah. I, and even with, um, vehicles, I like to be a Toyota car family for whatever reason, because of, um, you know, long lasting and they're great, you know? So I, I have a number of those. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think that even really small brands, it's their cult following mm -hmm. that makes them successful over such a long period of time. And it's that community. It's like once somebody buys something and they're like, I really love this product or the experience that they have with the brand is a really good one, it can really build that loyalty and trust. And so I think that for anybody that has a business, really understanding what your brand strategy is and understanding not just how you want to show up, how you want to talk to your audience, how you want to look, but it's also about how do I want my customers to feel and what is that crafted strategy that I have that's really going to make sure that that experience for them is one that I have thought through and one that I have really meticulously looked at. So even little things that like when somebody sends a, like goes to my contact page and sends me an email is that auto response email in my brand voice. So mine sort of says, oh my gosh, well, this is exciting. You know, it's so great to have you here. I will get back to you in the next 24 to 48 hours. Now that's an automated response sure. to make sure that they get something from me, but it's little things like that. 
Uh, you know, when a client signs up with me, I have a branded uh, like a hamper box that I send out. There's a company that I work with here that has something with my logo and my brand colors and everything on it. And that's part of that brand experience. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be expensive. I think that really great brand experiences are just thoughtful. Yes. A hamper box. What, what is a hamper box? Oh, it's like uh, like a food hamper, like a gift box. Oh. Yeah, or a spa box. So it's like they get either lots of chocolates and foods and goodies or they get like a candle and bath salts and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's just a box that says, you know, so excited to be working with you. Uh, you know, here's just a little, little yeah, gift. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I love hearing other, you know, words from other people because like here in the United States, the word hamper is referring to generally the place where you put your dirty clothes. And I thought, well, isn't that fascinating? She's sending them a branded dirty clothes hamper. Fascinating. That's a, no. that's part, that's a, that's a bold brand. Let me tell you when you're <laughs> naked standing there, having taken off your clothes, I want you to think about I want my you to brand. Think of me. <laughs> Oh, geez, I'm really going to have to start making sure that the words that I'm using, because, you know, language is very important. Uh, It's a gift box. I shall start using the word gift box from now on. That's so good. Okay, so now you talk about not just having a brand, but a bold brand. And that's part of your branding is this word bold. So what does it mean to have a bold brand? Yeah. So, I mean, when I talk about having a bold brand and I think a lot of people get not confused, but they're like, well, Suze, I'm not bright like you. I'm not like an extrovert or outgoing like you. And I always say that's got nothing to do with bold branding. Like you can be baby blue and bold. You can be beige and bold. You know, Chanel is black and white. And I think they're very bold. And what bold really means is, you know, when you look it up in the dictionary and as a branding person, I'm very particular about, I think that if you are going to use any key words when you describe who you are or what your business does you should always look up what they mean Mm. like unlike me with hamper bold means not hesitating to break the rules of propriety necessitating courage and being daring being a challenger in the market you know really going beyond your usual limits when it comes to thoughts, actions, and being imaginative. And for me, I'm just like, that is everything that I want to be when it comes to my business. And those are businesses that I'm really attracted to, who want to do things differently, who don't want to look at what everybody else is doing and do the same. Mm. Uh, And I think one of the things that I've really used a lot in my business and that I tell my clients as well is that when we come into a new industry or we're doing something, a lot of times we look to everybody else who's doing the right. same thing. Right. And then and then we get caught in comparisonitis and mm-hmm. we're stuck because we're like, well, they're doing it, so I can't do it and all of that sort of thing. And so I've never really had that issue. And the reason for that, David, is that I look at everybody outside of my industry who I think are killing it. Like I think they are nailing it. They're doing amazing. They're really interesting. And it can be really diverse brands. It's, mm-hmm. It'll be a brand. It could be a retail brand. It could be a car brand. It could be a luxury brand, anything like that where I'm just like what they did was really interesting. The way that they are building community or the way they're marketing themselves. You know, even on Instagram I've got where you save 
an image. Mm-hmm. And whenever I see an ad or something that I really love, I save it. I'm like, that was, why did that catch my mm-hmm. eye? What was different about that? I really loved that. And so those are the types of people that I'm looking at mm-hmm. uh, so that I can try and adopt some of the things that they do potentially into my business and the way that I work with my clients as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, if you feel like you get caught in watching what everybody else is doing who might be in your industry, I think that that's such a good, just a mental shift to make as well. I think it can help you do more and do more differently. Yeah. Yeah. I feel myself, you know, oh man, should my Instagram be that light, bright color that all the influencers have in every single, you know, you know what I mean? Like that where it's kind of washed out. I mean, that is so in, at least it has been for quite a while. And then um, I think you just start to see Instagram after Instagram after Instagram that looks like that rather than asking, man, what would it look like to, to really do something that would be, you know, out there, something different, you yeah. know? Do you, do you have an example that comes to my comes to your mind recently? Like something that just some brand has done something that you're like, wow, yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, that's an interesting, I'm just trying to think, I'll have to have a think about it and, and maybe tell you in the show, I'm just trying to think of anybody that I think is doing something really different. But what I do think is important is that we look at our feed as a whole and I do the same. But I think that people who have got really super engaging, like big followings and engaging, like when I look at their feed, it's not pretty. Like it's not, you know, curated and, you know, photo colour, photo colour kind of thing. Like they are just putting out great content on a regular basis. Mm. And I love at the moment, I'm a bit obsessed with Pat Flynn and his reels because obviously reels, which is similar to what TikTok is with right. short videos, right. has now come to Instagram and I just can't dance on Instagram. Like I'm a colorful out there person, but I'm like, I'm not going to dance on reels. That's just not me at all. But I love that Pat Flynn's doing some really creative things on reels, which is quite funny. It's like tongue in cheek. Like he did one the other day where it was like, you know, um, him typing and it said, sending out a life changing email to people. And then he presses send. And then he's got this little buzzing sound. That's uh, the grammar police. And I was just like (laughs) laughing at that. And I thought that's really different. And I think a lot of people have brought what TikTok was doing over to Instagram. And whilst that's totally fine, if you like that, I love that he's using it in a really different way. Yeah. And so for me, that's what I'm looking for. Are people who are using a platform or doing things where everybody might be doing one thing, but they're like, you know something, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do yeah. something a little bit different. And I think that uniqueness makes people stand out. So I think for me now, I'm like, I would like to use reels, but I really want to think about what's the content that I want to share in a way that's really authentic to me and not mm-hmm. actually just copy what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Pat Flynn is the host or he's a writer behind the Smart Passive Income blog and the Smart Passive Income podcast. Yes. And uh, I will say on a side note, what is up with that beard? Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> is he that is his up ISO beard? Giant beard recently. Yeah. Okay. So, so branding makes me look cool. All right. It makes me look cool. Makes people feel good. Yes. Does it actually bring in sales? Like, does that, like, does it increase? 
100%. Yeah. So I just want you to think about like when you go, let's say you walk into a shop and the front of the shop looks a bit disheveled. It doesn't look very nice. It looks a little bit dilapidated. Yeah. You walk in, everything's just a bit of a mess. Nothing really looks like it's high quality you know, and so you're immediate and we're very human like this. Within a few seconds, we are going to make a decision about whether, one, we want to be here, two, what is the quality of what I'm looking at? And once I make that decision of what I'm looking at, what the quality is, three, I'm going to say to myself, I don't think I'm going to be paying very much for this. So we make a lot of decisions within a very short period of time about quality, price, and whether this is an extension of my identity and whether Mm. it's something I'm even going to consider buying. Mm -hmm. So whether you like it or not, that first impression is actually really important. And hopefully, you know, you do want people that are going to get to know you and make sure that, you know, this is for them, et cetera. But that is such a big part of the buying process. Mm -hmm. So it's really important not to think that it's not. Yeah. So the first thing is, is that when it comes to visual brand, there is that three second rule where we'll come to somebody's website. And I think one of the big things is I'll come and within three seconds, I want to know whether you're for me or not. I want a message that kind of jumps out at me and tells me, uh, is this for me? Do you do business? Do you do clothing? Do you do like whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I take a look at that, once again, I'll make a decision whether this is good quality. The second thing is the brand language as well. Is what you're saying, are the words that you're using really connecting with me? Do I want to read more? You know, and I think that, you know, they've kind of got those heat maps that you can have on your website where you can see where people kind of look and go. And I think a lot of times, you know, a lot of websites have got the red at the top of a heat map where people have come in and then it goes blue, which is sad because then they haven't really scrolled down to look or read or find out more. And so I think it's really about ensuring that you know your audience really well and you're speaking their language. It's not about you, it's about them. What are you here to do for them and what is it What's the problem that you solve? Uh, And also, I think that your brand language and personality and tone of voice is really important. So, you know, just to give you a really polarizing example, some people swear, some people don't. And so if I come to your brand, I'll be able to make a decision very quickly if you've got a really polarizing tone of voice, Mm -hmm. which is how you write, how you speak, how you show up whether you're for me or not, because that's something that people are kind of quite black and white on. Sure, sure. So that's one thing. uh, That's another thing that I think is really important. And also your story and really sharing that, that's also part of your brand. And then what I would say next is that when it comes to brand awareness, there are five key things to really think about uh, in order to grow your brand. Because if you want more customers coming in, you can't just sit in your comfort zone with the people that know you and just give them all the love. And whilst they will definitely go out and tell others about you, if you do give them the love, it's really important for us to think about who knows me and how uh, what's their brand experience. But then how am I attracting more of a cold audience? People who might want to know me, people who might want to buy from me. Uh, and what am I doing in that area? And ads is obviously one way you can do that. Speaking 
is another way. So whether you speak on online summits or podcasts or things like that, I'm now speaking to your audience who may have never heard of me before. And so that for me is a cold audience, but hopefully it will turn into a warm audience who are people that now know me and they're like, that sounds interesting. That could be for me. I might follow Suze and find out a little bit more. Your hot audience are your loyal and amazing customers. Uh, and then you've got your super fans who are people who might love you and rave about you, but they may not have bought from you yet. And I have got some people who constantly refer business to me, but they've not become a customer yet because they've not started a business or something like that. Uh, and I heap a lot of love on them. Like I'll send them a gift box uh, as well. (laughs) And then you've got collaborators. So people where you're like, we've got the same audience, but we do different things. Let's do something together. So I think that brand awareness is another one to really be thinking about. And then the last thing that I would just talk about, and there is so much to Can you break those five things? I just want to hear those five once again. Just name them real quick. I heard collaborators. You've got your cold audience that you want to expand your brand with. You've got your warm audience of people who know you, but you're building the relationship. You've got your hot audience who are your loyal and amazing customers. You've got your super fans Mm -hmm. who love you uh, but may not have bought from you and your collaborators who are people who who have the same audience but do something different. Mm -hmm. And so those are people that I, or those are things I would actively do. Actively do. What do you mean by actively do? I would have a strategy around each of those things and I do have a strategy. So yeah. So I say to myself, what are we going to do to broaden our cold audience? That's beautiful. What else are we going to do with our warm audience? Yeah. And most of us are just trying to think about that as one audience. My guess is that it's like, who is my ideal client? Who's my, you know, audience, that avatar. And you're saying, let's, let's tease those apart because there are people that are in those different segmentations and how could we do something slightly different with each one of those groups of people? Yeah. And I actually think that having a really clear understanding of what you're going to do to broaden your audience or engage the audience that you've got, I think sitting down and really thinking about that is important. And in the copywriting world, something that they do talk about is the unaware and aware, which basically means that if I had no idea about the problem that you solve, but I'm just feeling a pain point, then I'm unaware of the problem. Yeah. So let's say, let's say we're talking about branding and you're like, I don't really know what branding's about, but you can't get clients. That's your pain point. Yeah. You don't understand brand awareness, brand positioning, all the things that I'm talking about. You don't know the language. You haven't learned about this. You haven't heard about this, but the pain point that you're feeling is that I you're not get getting customers. I'm not getting customers. Yes. Yeah. And so that's somebody who's totally unaware of the problem, but they feel the pain. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what you need to do here as well, is that you're kind of going, I'm just going to talk to people who know what their problem is, who know me, who understand what I'm saying. Uh, and then that makes it really easy for me. And that's really comfortable for me to be able to do that. But I think it's important if you want to grow your business to be really speaking to people who don't know anything for me about branding because it's not something that they've spent time on. It's not something they've built a strategy around. It's not something that they understand the importance and the impact of when you create a brand strategy and you really think it through how much it can help you 
to attract the people that you really want. Mm -hmm. So you're saying those people, they're feeling the pain. They just haven't named the problem yet. They don't know what that that issue is. And so my guess is then you're helping identify with their pain and connect that to the problem that you solve. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say to, you know, to anybody that's wanting to do this is sit down and ask yourself, if somebody doesn't know about what I talk about, what are all the pain points that they've got? So maybe they, um, their people are coming to them and saying that they're too expensive. So that's a brand positioning issue, which we'll talk about in a second. Somebody's coming to them and they're getting a lot of visitors to their website, but nobody's engaging. And that could be once again, a brand experience and a messaging issue. So when I land, I'm like, I don't really know what you do or who you're for. So I'm going to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could have people where you've got customers that buy from you, but then they never come back. And that could be a brand experience or an issue as well, where, you know, you could buy something and you're like, this was a great product, but it was such an awful experience Mm -hmm. that I'm not actually going to buy from that person again. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a lot of things that branding touches that a lot of people may not understand, Mm -hmm. but I understand all the pain points that they might be feeling in layman's terms. Sure. In a way that somebody who doesn't understand branding would talk about it. Right. You know, there's one step that you didn't touch base on because I think, well, who knows? I'm going to say you assume that people even know this is that so many new entrepreneurs, so many new business owners are talking about the product or service that they sell rather than the actual pain that they're uh, either, they're not even talking about the solution and they're definitely not talking about the pain. They're talking about the awesome product or service that they offer. Yeah. You see that often, I'm, I'm assuming. That's a, you know, that's a beginner mistake, but that's so common. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, when we, you know, when we talked about the branding and the marketing and the sales, really your branding should be 80% of your business. Yeah. And then your marketing and your sales should be the other 20%. And I'll tell you why, because when you brand your business in a way where people have got that connection and you've built that community and you speak to their pain points And there's that desire. That's what branding is as well. It's building that desire. You don't have to sell me. I'm waiting for you to Mm -hmm. put something out there. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to convince me to buy this. You don't have to tell me like all the ins and outs of the product. I'm already there going, "Uh, David, like what, how can I work with you? What have you got? What are my options? Sure. That's what brand does, yeah? So when I get somebody that comes to me and goes, I knew that I needed to completely relook at how I'm going to market and what I'm doing and you were the only person I knew I wanted to work with. That's branding. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like they're making a buying decision out of a number of people. Sure. They're already sold before you've marketed anything. And so I think that if you are just talking about your products and services, and don't get me wrong, I still think you have to share what you've got, but I think that it needs to be a lot less than what you think it needs to be. And I think that if you spend more time sharing great content, connecting with your audience, having real conversations, like for me, you know, Instagram is my chosen platform and it's because I get to have a lot of great conversations in the DMs with people where, you know, someone will share the podcast or they'll, I don't know, share something and I'll send them a quick voice message where I'll just be like, oh my gosh, David, thank you so much for sharing the podcast. I really, really appreciate you doing that. Have an amazing day. 
and people go nuts for it. She talked to me. (laughs) I'm not doing it for people to go nuts, but I think it's a really about showing up in a way that builds that connection because they won't forget that. Yeah, they don't forget that people do those little things that could actually take me five seconds of my life to do. Uh, And so I think that that's where you need to be spending your time is really growing your audience and, you know, becoming known for something specific Mm -hmm. and really talking about the problems that you solve and your, your experiences with that problem as well. So I'm not really somebody who's like, go and do this. I will be talking about like when I was going through this period, this is what I did and this is what I what happened and it was really interesting. So I think I kind of call it story selling, mm. which is that I share about my experiences and what happened to me or I share about my clients' experiences and what happened to them, mm-hmm. obviously not naming them, but saying I was working with somebody the other day and she was asking me all these questions and we talked about this and I, a lot of people come to me and say, oh my gosh, like I was thinking about that the other day. And so when you tell story instead of just selling, mm-hmm. you bring out a whole different conversation and connection with your audience. They mm-hmm. want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. When you put out a marketing message, a lot of times there's not a lot of engagement around it, you know, because people are like, oh, cool. But there's right. nothing for me to respond to. Right. Whereas if you tell me a story, I'm like, oh, I was thinking that too, or I've experienced that too, or that's so interesting. Like Mm -hmm. there's something for me to respond to. Um, Question for you in regard to um, integrating uh, my own personality, my own face, my own being into whatever business. And I have, um, you know, I consult with, uh, like here's a great example. I just took on a new client recently that, has a vintage and antique store. All right. And so that's a square, you know, like a thousand square foot vintage antique store, maybe 1500 square feet where, you know, there's a name for that store, but Mm -hmm. she's the owner. Okay. There are lots of brands like that where it's not a, I'm not doing coaching. She's not doing coaching. She's actually providing products is it helpful for her or others like that to integrate their their face or themselves into it? Or is that not helpful? Is it better to build it around the brand, the name of the store? Like help me process that a bit. Yeah. So I've got an example for you. There's a, a store here in, it's in New South Wales. It's in Australia and they're called Jumbled Online. You can check them out on Instagram. I'm obsessed with everything in their store. It's beautiful. But what makes me love it even more is that the owner Pip is like the life and breath of that business. I want to go to their Instagram because she gets a new artwork in and she does a little artwork dance and then she shows how she styles it. And then she, like when she gets a new vase in, she's looking, you know, like they do photo shoots with uh, the tablecloths that you can buy there and the plates and the vases. But then, you know, her and the girls that work in her store, they're having fun. And I'm just like, if I buy all of the things in their store, my life's going to be as fun as theirs. <laughs> and I think that that's what you've got to understand is that you've really got to take a look at who would buy this product and what would they love as well as what would I love. I assume that that love would be similar. If you're if you're stocking this kind of product, then you must have an idea whether it's provincial or it's antique or it's like modern stuff, whatever that is. It's about saying, 
what would really uh, inspire somebody to buy this? Like how can I show them how this would look in their life and how can I be somebody that helps them to see that? And so I think that's where an owner uh, can really come into their own if they've got a product-based store. It's telling the story of where this product came from and why it would be beautiful in your home, how you can style it, um, why we love it, and and where they can buy it. And so I think that that's really worthwhile as well. And the other thing is, is that I'm really interested in Pip's life and what she's doing and all the rest of it because you know, I've gotten to know her through that store now. And so there is that personal relationship. And so when it comes to even Christmas or whatever, I'm thinking I want to go and shop at Jumbled Online so that I can support Pip. And I want to support her store because I love her brand and I love what she's got. And it's not just that I could probably buy that somewhere else, which I could. It's that I've got that relationship with her and I want my money to go to her. So don't underestimate the power of a personal brand in a product-based business as well. You don't want to go to Target and give them their your business your your money there. I mean, come on. Maybe not here. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's different there. But yeah, you know, I just think. And I mean, her stores it's small, but it's kind of it's not a tiny store. Like it's quite big. Um, but I just think bring your personality into what you do because, as they say, that is a lot of times that'll be your differentiator. That's the thing that people really connect with. And, and you know, I know some people who they, they stock clothes and other boutiques stock the same clothes. So obviously they buy from the same, you know, um, mm-hmm. providers uh, and suppliers, but I want to shop with this person. Sure. Well, and with Target, it's really, at least here in the United States, it's convenience, it's organized, clean, um, Easy it looks to very pretty. Easy to access and uh, at a very reasonable price point. But it's a it's a quality item for a re- very reasonable price point. So I think that's why people are drawn to that. But if I if I want to shop with somebody, you know, the differentiating factor, like you said, is heart. It's personality. Mm-hmm. It's wanting to be with that person versus just this big corporate conglomerate. Um, and some people don't mind that, which is fine. You're going there for a specific reason. Um, but the way that you can get around price, like you said, is your face, yeah, your personality. Bra- yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, is that, you know, one of the key things is around brand positioning. And so brand positioning is about where you sit in the mind of your customer. So like I said, you know, if I walk into Pip's store, I know that it's not going to be cheap, but it's going to be really unique beautiful and I know that it's going to bring personality to my home and things like that. And so I walk in that store with that knowledge based on everything that I've seen and also going to her website and that sort of thing. So I think that for any of your listeners, one of the things I'd really want you to think about is are you Walmart, Target or Chanel? Like when it comes to where you want to position yourself in the market, where do you kind of see yourself on the price and quality axis? Mm-hmm. So are you somebody who's really high quality and high price or are you, you know, great quality but not as high a price, that sort of thing? And so when you look at your website, when you look at your socials, when you look at how you show up and what you do, I will have a very 
clear understanding in my own mind what I think your pricing is. And so, you know, if somebody comes to you and they're like, we have a conversation and then I say, no, that's too expensive. My expectation was that you were going to be a lower price because of a lot of what I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Now saying that there is a caveat with that is that sometimes people will just expect things for a lot less. Right, right. So there is that caveat, but I do feel like if I walk into Chanel, I know what I'm going to pay and I know the quality I'm going to get and I know the customer experience I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. If I walk into Walmart, I know the price, I know mm-hmm. the experience, I know the quality. Yeah. So I think that you've got to have that filter of your own business as well and say, when I show up, does this really represent where I want to position myself in the market when it comes to price, quality, expectation, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what I'm hearing you say is that then those who resonate with my brand, they will see that that purchasing experience is an extension of who they are by purchasing from you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you were talking about Toyota before and you know, one of the things is like I can buy a Toyota or I could buy a Mercedes, you know, the price tag might be $100,000 or $50,000 or whatever difference. Um, And that $50,000 is really about what I want for my Mm -hmm. life and what I value. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I would rather spend the 50 grand on that than going on a family holiday, Mm -hmm. you know, to Europe for three months or something. So I think that it's also looking at who values what you do who really sees the opportunity for them when they buy from you? And those are the people that you want to be attracting who get that. So for Mm -hmm. me, when somebody buys from me, what it says about them is that they want to be bold. They want to stand out. They want to break the mold. They want to do big things, yeah? Um, And they have made that decision that they are going to step into that. So it's been really interesting. I've been using the word bold for five years now. I feel like it's being used a bit more these days. It wasn't used as much when I started using it. But, you know, I would get corporate clients. And I mean, I don't really work with corporate clients anymore. But I used to get corporate clients, executive CEOs call me and say, I want to be bold and I don't know how to be. I want to be different. I want to show up in a bigger way and I and I just don't know how to do that, which I always found really interesting because if you go to my website, it literally says like building confidently bold brands for savvy women in business. So <laughs> they were still like, I want in, um, even though I was saying it wasn't really for them. And so I do work with, you know, some CEOs and executives on more personal brand and speaker coaching, but that word has really been gold for me. It's really attracted people who want to step up and be like, actually, you know something, What's what I'm doing is not working for me mm. and I want to do something mm-hmm. that's bigger and different. Mm-hmm. You speak about your website and we'll obviously have it in the show notes. If you're listening on your phone now, you can swipe up and check it out at suschadwick.com. And it's bold. The first picture, I was like, whoa, look at this gal. This is awesome. Uh, So fun, bold colors. It's absolutely beautiful. And while you're there, I want to encourage you to check out two things. One, you have a podcast called Brand Builders Lab Podcast. What is it all about if somebody wants to listen? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of what we're talking about. So it is, we talk about brand marketing, we talk about founder stories. Uh, So for me, I talk a lot about how to build a bold brand. I talk about marketing experiments that I do. I talk about how to become a bold speaker. And then I have a lot of guests on as well. 
uh, and we talk about whatever their expertise is in business too, but it's a super practical show. So uh, I love to kind of give a lot of tips and uh, a bit of, you know, what we did and how we did it and what you could do. So that's what it's about. Awesome. And then there's a free masterclass that I want to point you toward. If you go to suschadwick.com slash scale, you will learn about how to build a bold brand and scale your business to attract the clients you really want. And that masterclass link will be in the show notes as well. So um, all of those great resources. So Suze, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your bold energy. Oh, thank you. I could talk about this all day. I do talk about it all day, but no, it's been great to talk to you and your and your listeners about it as well. And yeah, if you've got any questions, then like I said, Instagram is where I hang out. You can find me at Suze Chadwick. And if you've got any questions, just jump in my DMs and ask me and I'm more than happy to answer it. Thanks so much, Suze. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're gonna grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.